Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show. Thank you so much for tuning into the program today. So as you know, I've been doing a series based on my book, Green Gospel. Part one through four is available right now. I'm not going to do every single chapter, but I wanted to give everyone an overview of why this topic is so important. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to highlight the main points of the rest of the book. I'm just going to do a cold notes version on the rest of the chapters and break it down why I think this is so incredibly important. And I just want to remind people that this weekend, I'm out there in Colorado. Come on out and see me in Montrose, Colorado this weekend. That's the 27th, 28th, and 29th in Montrose, Colorado at the Western Colorado Church of Deliverance. And I'm there this weekend. 27th through the 29th out there in Montrose. For more information, you can get a hold of them over there at WCCD.com. And folks, please make sure that you are supporting our sponsors. One of the products I want to talk to you about, and I think this is just so important. Folks, I spent a lot of time in the last decade looking for a really good brand, a trusted long-term storable food. The smart play is to get long-term food storage because when it comes to trusting it, that's the question. Simply Clean Foods is not only dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market, but their line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use. That's what's amazing about it. You don't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. And here's the best part about it. It's completely gmo free. And you know why I picked this one is because of their stringent quality controls. They're testing for heavy metals and that makes them unique in the storable foods market. And you know what the kicker is? I know the guy that's involved with the company and he is a trusted, vetted Christian. You cannot go wrong. So when you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, you not only receive high quality food, but you'll also be supporting veterans in need. And the best part of it all is when you use code Sheila, you get an incredible discount. And when you use code Sheila, you get a free water filtration straw with any order. Right now, go to simplycleanfoods.net and find out why I myself am using simplycleanfoods.net. Simply clean, simply delicious. Order today and use code Sheila at checkout. So again, as you know, I've been doing a series on the topic Green Gospel. It really has become the new world religion, hasn't it? Which is also my subtitle. If you want to have a little more of a look on the actual book website, you can go to greengospel.ca. New York Times bestselling author Chris Horner has something to say about the book. So does Steve Quayle and Tom Horn. So if you jump on over there to greengospel.ca, you can have a look at it. Now, of all the books, why would I cover this? Because for 10 years, I worked for government and I was very high up at the equivalent of the EPA. And when I worked for Canadian Environment, one of the things I discovered was that it was a big green sham and it's 50 shades of green all day long. Did you see the newest thing? Eco sucks is a is a new thing now. This is <laughs> this isn't me. This is an actual zero hedge headline. Having sex with the earth could save it. Ecosexual. Isn't that special? And, and here's another kicker that I think is really important. A Swedish scientist says, well, there's a way that you can curb climate change. Become a cannibal. You heard that right. So cannibalism is trendy now because uh, didn't Al Gore said we only have 12 more years? 22 years ago, let's see, AOC said we only have 12 more months. 
Wow, they're ramping up the doomsday timeline on us. Why does any of this really matter? Because folks, here's the kicker. When Al Gore says 99% consensus, that is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. Do you know where the, the science is settled? It's settled with the intergovernmental panel of climate crooks, as I call them, the IPCC. It actually stands for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Who are they? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about them right now. So a very effective way of winning a debate or proving a point is to use the words and ideas of the opponent. And check this out. In 2001, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC report, which is the United Nations Climate Panel, in the report they said, in climate research and modeling, we should recognize that we are dealing with a coupled non-linear chaotic system and therefore, now hang on to your hats, folks, long-term predictions of future climate states is not possible. What a shocker. That's right in their own writing. They say that in climate research and modeling, you're dealing with a very complex system and therefore, wow, newsflash, long-term prediction of future climate is not possible. But that doesn't deter Al Gore, does it? So the United Nations phony junk pseudoscience panel, the climate crooks as I call them, they were established, by the way, in 1988 by two organizations that are equally nefarious, the United Nations, which I think we should shut that place down, and the World Meteorological Organization, the WMO in the United Nations Environment Program, UNEP. You know what's shocking to me, and this is part of what I chronicle in my book, that the IPCC was chaired by recently retired Regenda K. Pachuri. Was he a climatologist? No. Was he even a scientist? No. A railway engineer who, when he left, he said, this is not my job. This is my religion. So the kicker is that the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, which is the main international treaty on climate change, the ultimate objectives of them, according to their own website, is to tackle the challenge of climate change. It states that the convention's ultimate objective is stabilization of greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere at a level that would prevent dangerous anthropogenic interference. Folks, man is no threat to the climate. You know, we couldn't change the climate if we wanted to. What a laughable statement that is that everybody's running around trying to save the planet through, by the way, oh, we better get rid of those horrific meat eaters. Today, as I'm doing this broadcast, they are calling for the jailing of meat eaters. Even Cory Spartacus Booker, he wants meat eaters treated like smokers, put outside somewhere in a small, auspicious corner. Well, let's just read this. The New York Post says, eating meat is a crime against humanity and could be banned, says a judge. I predicted it 10 years ago. Here we go. Ecocide. I told you. That's right. Left-wing lawyer Michael Mansfield says eating meat could become illegal. What did I tell you guys? Your carbon footprint, that is a made-up term, by the way. There's no such thing as a carbon footprint. It's a made-up term to scare you into believing that you're responsible for the heating up of the earth. It's not happening, folks. All these doomsday purveyors, they're so quick to espouse their doctrines of devils, and that's exactly what this is. I'm actually doing 
a series on Beyond Meat. Why are they going all this plant-based diet? What What is with getting rid of meat? What is it really all about? You're going to be shocked. And I'm working on that. As soon as I get back from Alabama, I'm going to Skyfall Conference out there in Alabama. So if you're in the Alabama area, come out and see us. It's going to be an amazing time. Okay, so let's go back to this climate panel of crooks. They're going to curb dangerous anthropogenic, which means man-made interference with the climate system. How are they going to prevent that? Get rid of man. That's the ultimate goal. Getting rid of man. It was echoed in Paul Ehrlich's statements. We go back to Reverend Thomas Malthus. We go back to Karl Marx. Remember the diabolical Karl Marx who came up with the Communist Manifesto to get rid of God? You get rid of God in a society and they come in to play God. Because folks, remember in the first part, you learned that communism is atheistic, where the government is truly the only God, the giver of blessings, the solver of problems, the dispenser of justice and mercy. Remember that? And that's the problem is we've progressively fallen away from the Christian values that once animated our culture and institutions. And now you've got this, I call it an envy-based pseudo-ideology system that Marx unleashed on the world. And guess what? It's alive and kicking today, folks. It's alive and well. And you know what it comes in right now? It's benevolently disguised as the left wing of the Democratic Party, mostly under the socialist Green New Deal. This is exactly what we've got, folks. That's what we're talking about here. Because remember, the whole goal was to isolate human CO2 as the culprit, the cause of global warming. Remember the very narrow definition of the climate change that was approved by, oh, who else? Of course, the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, the UNFCCC. That's right. A treaty formulized at the Earth Summit. That's right. Bow down to Mother Earth Summit in Rio in 1992. It defined climate change as a change of climate, which is attributed directly or indirectly to human activity. What does that even mean? The problem with this definition, folks, is that you cannot determine the human effects if you don't understand the extent and mechanisms of natural variability. The IPC presents itself as an internationally accepted authority on climate change and produces what it calls a report based on a consensus of what are called working groups and supports a political objective. This is entirely incestuous and it's designed to produce the science necessary to support their political objective. These people have hidden agendas, folks. Mary McCarthy, remember the author and political activist? She said, bureaucracy, the rule of no one, has become the modern form of despotism. Isn't that right? Establishment of this IPCC through the WMO meant total bureaucratic control of every national weather agency. What does this do? This puts control of climate in the hands of a few bureaucrats, and they in turn control the politicians. Instead of working for the people by using apolitical and identifying all sides of an issue so that people can make informed decisions, those selling the global warming fraud, they've pushed an unproven hypothesis and defended it even in the face of complete contradictory evidence. And the dissenters, they're silenced. Kind of reminds me of another time period where there was no free speech. A 
perfect example of the pervasiveness of climate-based policy is cap-and-trade in the Obama era. That was cap-and-trade in the Obama stimulus package. Yikes. As global warming becomes the holy grail of the new religion of environmentalism, what do extremists do? They make it political suicide to even ask questions that could be interpreted as as showing, oh my God, how dare you? You don't care about the environment? And second, almost none of them understand science, let alone climate science. It's like Richard Linsden said, controlling carbon is a bureaucratic's dream. If you control carbon, you control life. Folks, global warming, climate change, it's never been about the environment. The issue is not the issue. It's about regulating power and control. It's about imposing draconian standards on businesses and personal behavior that gives the global elite almost unlimited power. And you know what else the kicker is? What is the Pope? And let's go back to Alice Bailey, the one who wrote the 24 volumes of the cult, or Helena Blavatsky. How about Aleister Crowley, the Thelemaite that sprang from theosophy? What is theosophy? It's the study of the divine wisdom of Sophia, the great goddess. The great goddess? Yeah, look no further than your Starbucks coffee cup. Gaia, Ashtura, Mother Earth. This is what Al Gore says in his book is needs to be worshipped at all cost. He said that Mother Earth has a fever because of her human infestation on page 179 of his book, Earth in the Balance. You know what's really frightening is what John P. Holdren, Obama's handpicked science are. What did he say? Shockingly, him and his buddy Paul Ehrlich remember his long opine that there are far too many people using far too much stuff, which was also exactly ironically echoed by Ted Turner in a Charlie Rose interview. You can just look up Ted Turner, climate change and cannibalism. It's a one minute clip and you'll be shocked. He said by 2030, we'd all be cannibals. Well, what are we reading right now in the front page headlines? Cannibalism. We're all going to become cannibals. And while meat eaters are going to go to jail and climate deniers like Sheila Zelensky are going to be whisked off to The Hague with the other war criminals, three hots and a cot for those deniers. You heard that? We're committing ecocide every day. Remember, we're going to be jailed for ecocide, crimes against humanity. And then AOC, my poor Miami friends are going to be right off the whole globe to all my Florida friends, you better learn how to swim because AOC says Miami's going to be gone in a few years. So if people aren't having sex with the earth now, that is the only way, by the way, to quit eating meat and have sex with the earth because ecosexuals rolling around in the dirt and, well, I won't go there. This is a climate faith, folks. Did you see NBC soliciting the other day that people need to confess their climate sins? That's right, the network N. B. C. The network of bumbling clowns said the other night, people need to solicit climate confessions. The sacrament far from the ordinate wooden layers of Catholic lore occurs on one sordidly animated webpage, a communal ritual of denunciation with your climate confessions, assuring your penitence will be kept anonymous. Old NBC ecclesiastical verve, where do you fall short in preventing climate change? Do you blast your air conditioner? Do you throw out half your lunch? Do you grill one of those abhorrent steaks every week? How dare you? That's what I should get as a rancher. (laughs) Is there any sponsors that are ranchers out there? I'll be glad to promote good meat. And hi to my Uncle Chris, who's a cattle rancher. Listen, the famous Michael Crichton line, environmentalism seems to be the religion of choice for urban 
atheists. They beat you mercilessly over the head with this every day with their long laundry list of diabolical doomsday predictions that never come true, by the way. That's so interesting. Amazing. I want to go back to this very clever, cunning mixture of Eastern mysticism, paganism, witchcraft, the occult, Marxism, feminism, this insidious tapestry right straight out of the bowels of hell is what this green agenda is like. Folks, you need to understand what Agenda 21 is. It really is about getting rid of capitalism, period. It's about getting rid of Christianity, and it's about depopulating the earth. Do you remember what I said in the beginning? Karl Marx just absolutely cringed at the idea, how dare you landowners? God giving you land that you would keep and defend it even? He loathed American capitalism. Why do you think Bernie Sanders is pushing socialism? Bernie Sanders himself says he supports abortion as a way to curb the climate issue. Folks, this is so serious. And meanwhile, little children, every day, there's a new disorder, by the way, called eco-anxiety. Little children are being scared to death. Meanwhile, little Greta Thunberg, who, by the way, I don't know if you saw her death stare to Donald Trump this afternoon in a United Nations viral video. If looks could kill, little if Hitler had a daughter's death stare to Trump today, the little teen climate activist. Anyway, Thunberg scolded hundreds of world leaders at the United Nations saying through tears, how dare you, you've stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I am one of the lucky ones. This is a climate catastrophe. She must be the great-granddaughter of one Al Gore. This goes back to the Georgia Guidestones, folks. Remember these set of 10 guidelines in eight different languages out there in Alberton, Georgia? One language on each face of the four large upright stones maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Well, it says it right there. Promoting the pagan doctrine of the Gaia cult is the new global religion to replace the outdated Christian concept of man as made in the created image of God. You know what this is, folks? This is Romans 125 to AT, isn't it? Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the created more than the creator. Romans 125. Or how about this story up over there at Christian News? Seminary students repent to plants and confess in sorrow and prayer. They say they're atoning for the harm caused by climate change. Folks, you don't think this is serious? Think about this. Just consider what is happening right now. Students repenting to plants? What planet is this, folks? You know, it's great when Karl Marx gets rid of God because then environmentalism becomes a religion. Well, you know what? That was a religion back in the day. It's a revival of an ancient occult paganism that rejects Christianity. Gaia worship, astral worship, Sophia, the divine wisdom, the goddess, the great mother, the great goddess Gaia, Mother Earth. This is a cunning mixture of science, paganism, Eastern mysticism, feminism, and Marxism that has made this green cult of environmentalism the fastest growing religion on the planet, folks, and a diabolical one at that. 
This is a serious emerging threat to the Christian church. Why? Because as I said in the very first one, modern environmentalism, it's rooted in Germany, certainly like a giant oak tree that tapped into German existentialism. Hitler was one of the first greenies. Did you know that? We're talking about social Darwinism that flowered in the European continent throughout the 1800s. Remember, this values nature over people, very anti-human. And you know what? That back in the 1800s, laid the foundation of today's green movement. Alice Bailey, who called for a world authority. Karl Marx would have salivated at using phony junk pseudoscience to convince the world's population that humans are responsible for heating up the globe, really? It's a seemingly benevolent goal of taking care of the environment. It is nothing benevolent. This is very malevolent. Mother Gaia needs protection. This is the mantra that's woven in these all these initiatives, these organizations of sustainable development and eco-friendly, carbon neutral, because it's part of the new world religion. We have to find the one thing that man has in common. What is it? We all breathe the air, don't we? The idea of earth as a living, divine, sentient being, a spirit is not a new one. And I'm not talking about just Plato and James Lovelock and Charles Darwin or Karl Marx. This goes back to the time of the Midianites, folks. Remember Baal worship? What did they do with Baal and Moloch? They sacrificed their children. Look at the headlines today. Parents will not have children. We have to make the sacrifice of having children. So in addition of good old Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger, who the Rockefeller Foundation paid back in 1913 to perform all sorts of little experiments on the unborn, she wanted to get rid of the undesirables. That is the infamous leader of the Democratic's beloved Planned Parenthood, a Bale and Moloch on every street corner, Asherah, Astarte, and Anath. They were the three great goddesses of the Canaanite pantheon, the fertility goddesses, the green movement. It's a modern day fertility cult. It's absolutely true, folks. And Pope Francis, don't want to offend any Catholics out there, but he is, in fact, the patron saint of the environment. Look at his green theology. It wasn't just John Paul II that said Catholics. Back in 1990, John Paul II said Catholics had a special religious obligation to protect God's creation for damage caused by the burning of fossil fuels. And we know Pope Benedict XVI was dubbed the Green Pope. He frequently called to stop ecological devastation. He wanted to bring solar power to the Vatican. He always talked about this, but you know what's amazing? When George Bergoglio, that's right, that's Pope Francis's real name. He reportedly took his papal title after St. Francis of Assisi, the Franciscan Order, the Friars Minor. He was a devout admirer of nature. One might even say a full-blown pantheist. Why has Pope Francis aligned himself with a full-blown pantheist in his science advisor, John Schnellhuber, who said in a New York meeting, the carrying capacity of the Earth should be a nice round one billion? Well, I've got a question for you. What happens to all the other six billion people? Oh, let's go back to Paul Ehrlich's forced sterilants, forced vaccinations. Bill Gates would love that idea. He said if we do a really good job, we could get rid of the population by 20%. Folks, these people are diabolical. Shockingly, in 2015, the global Catholic climate movement, did you know there was such a thing? 
it officially announced a Lent fast for climate justice, spurred on by Pope Francis. And you know what else he went to do? Shockingly, he issued an encyclical in April of 2015, just one month before that, the Pontifical Academy of Sciences issued an astonishing document entitled Climate Change and the Common Good, a problem and the demand for transformative solutions transformation fundamental transformation this is his this is what francis said it is important to raise awareness that climate change here we go write this down folks is a moral and spiritual issue not a political one there you have it right straight from the the head of the catholics Climate change is a moral issue. So in this infamous climate encyclical, the document lists a litany of recommended measures for humanity to adhere to. And you know what? It sounds a lot like what AOC proposed in the Green New Deal. She must have took a trip over to Vatican City because it sounds eerily familiar. Here's a kicker what he said. Finding ways to develop a sustainable relationship with nature. Well, there you have it. And you know what he shockingly said? On June 18, 2015, in an unprecedented move, the Pope put his moral authority behind the radical environmental agenda of the United Nations when Vatican leaders released that environmental encyclical. That's a letter traditionally addressed from St. Peter's Square to the more than 1.2 billion Catholics across the globe, as well as to every living person on the planet. And what was his very first sentence out of the gate? In a sharply worded manifesto, this is what he said, doomsday predictions can no longer be met with disdain. And he proposed a climate action plan. And then he chided climate skeptics for their denial. We are witnessing a disturbing warming of the earth, and humans are largely to blame for this. Only a bold cultural revolution can halt humanity's spiral into self-destruction. Wow. And then he went on to finish it. Climate change presents a moral imperative. Sounds like something Karl Marx would have wrote. Oh, and then he proposed 10 commandments on climate change. Destroying the natural world, by the way, is a sin against God. He went on to praise the IPCC. And shockingly, the Pope says, although it is true that we Christians have at times incorrectly interpreted the scriptures, nowadays we must forcefully reject the notion that our being created in God's image and given dominion over the earth justifies domination over other creatures. Sounds a whole lot like Charles Darwin. Perhaps the so-called vicar of Christ on earth might want to read Galatians 1.8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to, let them be accursed. The Pope also might want to reread Genesis 1.26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our own likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. That includes overall the mother earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And then he proposed a global partnership for sustainable development, like a world climate authority to take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts for the good of the planet. Remember the common good, the greater good? And back to Dr. Schellenhuber, I mean, when you say that the carrying capacity of the planet, namely below 1 billion people, this Oxford philosopher 
fits the Gaia mentality very well. Eradicate six billion of those pesky humans. Sounds like Al Gore's kind of guy that the Pope would align himself with a pagan pantheist who believes in population control. That speaks volume. And it's easy to see what this grand green scheme is really all about. Pope Francis pitting human beings and nature against each other. That is frightening, folks. And you know what? Sadly, most Christians are duped into the idea that we must all go green, according to Francis 3.16. This coming from the guy who declares blasphemous statements such as everyone is redeemed through Jesus, including atheists? As long as you do good, you're going to go to heaven. After all, who cares if they don't believe in God, as long as they do good? That's odd, Francis. That's not what the Bible says at all. So you look at him working in lockstep with the United Nations, the Pope, the Vatican, politicians, unscrupulous charlatans with their United Nations report shared vision from the Global Forum of Spirituality, founded by the Temple of Understanding, and their devilish agenda to help illuminate the beliefs of Gaians, those that follow the great goddess Gaia. We'd be wide to heed the advice in 2 Corinthians 6.17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing. Folks, today, the green gospel of the environmental movement, it's the largest and most influential social phenomena in modern history, and the headlines are coming faster and more insidious and more diabolical every day. You saw this on Sean Hannity. I covered it two weeks ago. He talked about it yesterday. A Swedish scientist is saving, well, I've got a solution, cannibalism. It's the only way to save the climate. And think about Miss Alice Bailey, the great invocation based in theosophy, the same lines they used out of the Earth Summit, the Rio Summit in 1992. It wasn't until Alice Bailey, who was a big proponent of the Russian occultist Helena Blavatsky. Well, a big adherent to her was Alice Bailey, who broke away from the society in the early 1900s and created Lucifer Trust. They later changed their name to Lucius Trust. That's the publishing house that prints and disseminates United Nations material. That's a pretty devastating indictment of the New Age and the pagan nature of the United Nations, isn't it? Disseminating the books of Bailey and Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society. Theosophy, again, meaning the wisdom of the goddess Sophia and Lucifer Publishing. At one time, the Lucius Trust office in New York was located at 666 United Nations Plaza, and they were a member of the Economic and Social Council under a slick program called World Goodwill. Don't be fooled, folks. In an Alice Bailey book called Education for a New Age, she suggests the same thing that Pope Francis did in 2015, that in the new age, world citizenship should be the goal of the enlightened with a global world federation. There you have it. That is surprisingly echoed in the Pope's encyclical as he pushes for a one world global authority. Because after all, what does the whole entire world have in common? We all have a vested interest to save 
Mother Earth to breathe clean air. In the last decade, with the help of Al Gore, the United Nations, and these national religious partnerships like the Evangelical Climate Initiative, isn't that impressive? They partnered up and they sent over 100,000 congregations in the West into some 200 plus million congregants calling for the church to make the protection of Earth a central message of their churches, even giving out green grants for churches who go green. Even the evangelicals have jumped aboard with, like I said, the Evangelical Climate Initiative. Look that up. A campaign by United States church leaders and uh, more of your Pied Piper pastors. You'll remember Mark Taylor and I talk about the clergy response team. Yeah, those same ones. Calling for a reduction in carbon dioxide emissions. It was initially signed, well, these evangelicals want to mitigate global warming. In fact, the original ECI was initiated and signed by 86 evangelical leaders and a signatory included Rick Warren, a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, senior pastor of good old Saddleback Megachurch. It is tragic that evangelical Christian leaders have bought into the most devilish scheme in modern history, the Green Agenda. The evil Marxist socialist cabal and their Green New Deal minions, they will not rest until they achieve total global control, politically, economically, socially, militarily, and spiritually. They won't stop until you've abrogated and nullified your own personal and religious freedoms, rapidly melting polar caps, rising sea levels, increased global temperatures, and the destruction of the entire species and other mantras. They're designed to promote fear and dread among humans to the point of killing themselves. The green movement, folks, is steeped in population control tactics under the seemingly benevolent guise of saving the planet from the real enemy, mankind. Environmentalism is also an elaborate trillion-dollar-a-year levy that is bankrolling global government and lining the pockets of ilk like George Soros, Gore, Bill Gates, and others. Environmentalism has nothing to do with saving the planet. People could not save the earth if they wanted. The climate's been changing since God created it, and they know it. Man trying to play God by changing the scenario? God is not waiting for us to solve the problem of global warming and climate change. We're waiting for him to solve the problem of the global curse with his return. Reverence does not pertain to things certainly not to earth. Like a cancer, the green gospel is spreading through thousands of churches and organizations throughout the world, many of which have no idea what they are advancing because it's cloaked in that same seemingly benevolent green mantra of the day. The church of climate change is pure spiritual deception to the core. It shifts the focus of the gospel of Jesus to the gospel of Gaia. Few Christians today are aware that the cry to save the earth, be sustainable, and live in harmony with nature is deeply entrenched in the ancient pantheistic religions that dominated the Egyptian, Babylonian, Grecian, and Roman empires. Gaia worship, astra worship, it's diametrically opposed to Christianity. It makes no allowance for the one true living God who created all things, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But instead, pantheistic nature 
nature, Gaia worship, is rooted in the premise that all earth and all of nature is God, comprised of many gods and goddesses who demand total worship and obedience from every human. These pantheistic beliefs have woven themselves into the environmental policies of the United States, the United Nations, the Vatican, and now the church and the world at large. The United Nations asserts the earth must be protected from humankind at all costs. So just when we've had our fill of seeker-sensitive, purpose-driven, emergent heresy, church growth, nonsense, and mystical madness, we now have to brace ourselves for the church of climate change. Out with God and in with Gaia. The global green gospel, it's not biblical, yet there are hundreds of thousands of willing pulpits that have cooperated in recent years with many more following suit, including the biggest church in the world, the Catholic Church. Gullible pastors, leaders, and congregants are willingly swallowing the green gospel, all in the name of saving the planet. This false doctrine seeped into the church, and it seeks to pollute the once solid pulpit and distract church members from the things that matter, such as the true gospel message of Jesus Christ and the cross. This out with God and in with Gaia plan includes all men and women bowing down to things, to idols, in fealty, to a God of their own creation. Every week it's doom and gloom. The ultimate message of the Bible is not one of doom and gloom, but rather of hope and redemption when Christ returns. We have this blessed assurance and hope through the return of our Lord Jesus Christ to set up His kingdom. We have to protect our Christian values, which are under attack from radical environmentalists who seek to destroy the fundamental principles of Western civilization. America's founding documents themselves are predicated upon God and the Bible. What does the Declaration of Independence say? Men are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those principles are taken directly from the Bible. God, not government, grants liberties, as seen in Galatians 5. Our founder has endowed us with a heck of a trust fund, folks. But the West is being radically transformed into a soulless, ungodly, Marxist, socialist society. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, America's not the last bastion of freedom. It was the first and the only one. And for that, it is under attack. Why? Because it represents everything the Founding Fathers envisioned, a nation of free people under God, something that Darwin, Alice Bailey, Karl Marx, and so many others, including all the Democrats today, they cringe at that. The people that I've introduced you throughout this book, they envision a one world religion under Gaia. Remember we talked about the core of Marxism and socialism being grounded in envy? Satan has always been envious of God and his creation, so much so that in the ultimate form of egotistical self-exaltation, Satan tried to take over God's throne. Talk about the ultimate coup d'etat, and he earned Satan a one-way ticket out of heaven and into hell as his final destination. The devil is the ultimate counterfeit and manipulator. The green agenda is not about being a good environmental steward, but is rather a very insidious evil tactic by Satan to advance his end-time agenda on earth, sending his emissary, the Antichrist, to rule as a global dictator. Mankind has always been in Satan's crosshairs from the time Adam and Eve walked in the garden. It's this same diabolical anti-human agenda that's playing out in the green gospel. 
Satan wants to take as many as he can into the burning lake of fire, and he will continue to victimize humanity in every way he can devise until he is thrown into eternal damnation. One day soon, we will see the return of our glorious King, Jesus Christ. The truth is that Jesus Christ is not a way. He's the only way. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, is the only force that can stand against the true force of evil, protect us, and guide us into God's kingdom. All other roads are dead ends. You need to be sure that you're right with the Lord Jesus Christ who paid the tab for your eternal life, nailing your sin to the cross of Calvary. The green gospel is nothing more than the greatest deception of our era. Environmentalism has, in fact, become a new religion for a new world order. While the evil green movement continues to resort to manufactured environmental crisis to push their pagan agenda, the Bible reassures us that the earth's climate is under God's benevolent control. The earth and man are God's creation. God created the earth for man and gave us dominion over it. So if the green shepherd turns up in your pulpit, speak up and tell your pastor. You'd rather hear an emphasis on the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, and his burden for the lost sheep not the green shepherd and his burden for climate change. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of those things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not partakers with them. Ephesians 5. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 24.1.